Facebook whistleblower comes out and says Facebook and Instagram are not a safe place for teens, especially young girls. And the rest of us said, right, we've been telling you that for a long time. Why now? And why this 60-minute study? And why was Facebook down and Instagram down for hours and hours the other day? Is this all connected? I have no idea. But make no mistake, this whole story is not about making Facebook a safer place. This is creating more government control so that they can silence you. We're going to look at that today. Why should you care what is on Facebook? And why should you care if your kids are on Facebook? Those are great questions and you should answer those questions. However, there is more going on here and we need to look at that. And we need to look at that from a worldview that is associated with following Christ. What does this mean for us? What does it mean for truth? And what does it mean for you as you enter into this digital social space? Welcome to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard. Let's get started. Now, the irony of ironies is, if you're watching this on Facebook, we're going to be talking about Facebook. But hey, this is how the world works these days. Social media is both the place where you consume and present the information at hand and is the place that is simultaneously, I don't know, destroying our world. It is a really weird time to be alive for certain. For those of us that are a little more experienced, we remember a time when you couldn't go online and find out every piece of information in the entire universe. And when you wanted to have a conversation with somebody, you went and talked to them face to face. That more and more is becoming a thing of the past. If you go anywhere these days, you can just see people it at their dinners and at the movies and everywhere they go, sitting on the park bench outside when they should be running in circles. They're just staring down at their screens. And this is just the way we've conditioned ourselves. It's our fault we're in this place and we have to figure out what to do with that. But it is an interesting time today because this Facebook whistleblower has come out and said that safety and security and uh, toxic environment come along with Facebook, Instagram, and some other social media sites. So we're going to look at that. And if you want to get some other news from me, you can sign up at churchpublic.com. You can sign up at all of the podcasting places like Apple and Google and Spotify. And uh, you can look up Church Public on Facebook. You can look up Church Public on Instagram and all of the other places too. So again, it's a little bit ironic that this is how I get my message out, and, and hopefully you're uh, enjoying this message, and, and these messages help you to connect more with Jesus and more with this world so that you can go out into this world and not be like it, but be in it as Jesus has called us to be. So check those things out and like and subscribe and do all those kinds of things. But as we get into this, I just want to talk about this story on Facebook, this lady, Frances Hogan, um, talks about how Facebook has hateful and polarizing messages and how these messages have affected us. But it's an interesting take that she has and nothing she says is particularly false, but what we have to do is understand where this message is coming from and understand where this message is intending to go. And I believe the intent is very clear where it is headed. So what I want to play for you is some of her interview from 60 Minutes talking about what has gone on behind the scenes on Facebook. Many of you know this already, and hopefully you know this already, but if you don't, this is some of the behind the scenes of Facebook from an insider from Facebook who will let you know what's going on and some of the dangers that it poses. You might see only 100 pieces of content if you sit and scroll off for you know five minutes. But Facebook has thousands of options it could show you. 
The algorithm picks from those options based on the kind of content you've engaged with the most in the past. And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Misinformation, angry content yeah. is enticing to people and keep, enticing. keeps them on the platform. Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make So you heard some of those things there, and the reality is she's right that, and, and we know this just from our own perspective as well, fear and anger are things that, that give you more uh, anxiety and they cause you to do more action. That's very true. That's not necessarily that they're better, but it is true that anger causes more reaction. Fear causes more reaction. We've seen that even over the last year and some with some of the shutdowns and some of the things that are going on. There is a lot of anger going on today. It really is just, it, it is a completely, uh, I don't want to say manufactured, that's not the right word, but but the air of the day, right, is just that everyone is really afraid and everyone is really angry. And you just see that everywhere. You see that in interactions at the grocery store. You see that in interactions with the, uh, whether you go to the gas station, where you're driving around. You just see that everyone is just a little bit more on edge, a little bit more angry. And Facebook has tapped into this. And this lady exposes that they've done it intentionally because it sells more. Because ultimately, it, of course, is all about the dollars. And... They're a company and they make a ton of money on you, on you being on the site and you clicking through certain things. That's very true. And as she mentions, it is a uh, hateful and polarizing message that they promote more than other messages. But we need to look behind the scenes and talk about the definitions of hateful and polarizing. And what does that mean? And is it everything? And I think the reality is it's not everything. We're gonna look at some of these examples in just a moment, but even if you look back at some of the, if, if you've come across some of the Project Veritas, they did their own whistleblower type things that showed Facebook intentionally has, I'll call it medical hesitancy. They have another uh, name for it and, and they, I believe their uh, abbreviation is VH. You can guess what that stands for. That claim from a leaked insider that they downrated people, comments, etc., because of this medical hesitancy. But you didn't hear that in this whole 60 Minutes article, this whole 60 Minutes interview. There was no mention of any of that. There was only mention of hateful and polarizing messages. So what are those? And I think it's important to understand where we're coming from. And she gives another quote a little later that says, that Facebook said, oh good, we made it through the election, there weren't riots, now we can get rid of civic integrity. She said, fast forward a couple of months and we had the insurrection, she's talking about January 6th, when they got rid of civic integrity. It was the moment where I was like, I don't trust that they, Facebook, are willing to actually invest in what needs to be invested to keep Facebook from being dangerous, end quote. It's important to note here again what is being said. What are What is civic integrity and what does that mean? And what also is left out of this quote? They talk, this lady talks about the insurrection, which, as I have mentioned, was a terrible thing. You shouldn't do that kind of thing. You shouldn't trespass. You shouldn't 
accost people. You shouldn't uh, beat people. You shouldn't try to do things. But as we saw from the pictures, and the horn guy, as we noted previously, uh, ultimately, it, it, it was a bad event, but it wasn't, or what do I say? According to some, it was the worst event in American history, worse than the Civil War. Okay, we can take that. And what I want to say was not covered in this 60 Minutes interview was any mention of the BLM riots or Antifa or CHOP that turned into Chaz and other violent, destructive, murderous things that happened in the last year. Murderous. And none of those were mentioned. Just this insurrectionist. Remember, zero people were killed by the insurrectionists on January 6th. This is just the facts of the matter. People died. People died later. Some of the officers killed themselves, which is a tragedy. Uh, actually, there was one person who was killed, who was an unarmed person, who was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. And we still have limited information about that. But we may never know. And the point is, again, it was bad. I'm saying it was bad. The January 6th event was bad. We shouldn't have done it. No one should have done it. Um, they should be persecuted to the correct extent of the laws that were broken. But compare that to the riots carried out in more than 140 major cities over the last year and some. And according to the Washington Post... The January 6th event cost somewhere around 1.5 million damages. That is terrible. Again, hear me say, terrible. However, the BLM riots and associated events caused at least a billion. Some are saying up to 2 billion in damages, and that's not including all of the insurance that is not being paid out because many of the people who were affected didn't have it. So it stands to, plus the deaths that were associated and the injuries and the burning down of things, all, all of that. So it stands to note that this whistleblower and 60 Minutes and everyone else reporting on this are not really interested in stopping the violence or cooling the political temperature. It's very clear that that's not actually the case. What they want to say is stop this language that incites certain political extremism. It's this hateful and polarizing message. Those are the words, right? And what that includes is you. If you are in support of conservative values, if you have said things that are not approved by Facebook, then we know that these are not going to survive on the platform. We know that because we've seen it. We've seen it over the past year or so. And, and beyond, if you were really paying attention, that this has been evidently true. It is true that you cannot say certain things on these platforms. I'm even monitoring my words right now because I know that if I say words in the wrong way, these videos will not stay on the platforms. And I may even lose a channel. I know that's the case. I'm trying to be very careful and even euphemistic in some of my phrases because I know that I'm not going to be able to say what I really want to say because... There are people out there listening, fact-checking, making sure that I say all of the right things and none of the wrong things. And this is a terrible place to be. This is not free speech. And this is a type of place where we're going to have to figure out how to exist in this new time. 
And there are dozens and dozens of people who have been removed from Facebook and other social media sites for coming down on the wrong side of issues. And I'm not even talking just conservative. I have listed before many liberal people, any, even many center left and, and beyond people who have just said the wrong thing and been in the wrong place and not been allowed to continue on these sites, even up into the then sitting president of the United States. While at the same time, there are plenty of people who are still on these sites. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment because that's another revelation that the Wall Street Journal has pointed out that Facebook is doing behind the scenes. But before we get to that, we want to talk about more about Hagen, this uh, anonymous Facebook employee. And the Washington Post quoted her and said that she had filed complaints against this company. And it's, she said, quote, it's time to hold social media accountable. We live in this information environment that is full of angry, hateful, polarizing content that erodes our civic trust. It erodes our faith in one another. End quote. Uh, actually, I'll continue on just a little bit. She says, quote, it erodes our ability to want to care for each other. The vision of Facebook that exists today is tearing our societies apart and causing ethnic violence all around the world. End quote. Again, listen to the words here. Angry, hateful, polarizing, and ethnic. You have to translate all of these and make sure you understand that this does not mean all hateful content, just the, quote, dangerous content, and I would say right-wing content that they don't like, or conservative content, or even maybe biblical content. And just note, for instance, the New York Post article about Hunter Biden that has now been proven that it was true, was removed from all social media before the election. And as again, I mentioned this medical hesitancy content that that has been shown behind the scenes, they have uh, different values for different things that you share. And so they are, there. there is a board of fact checkers, there are boards of reviewers that review these things and determine if it is the right content or the wrong content. And this is even if it comes from doctors or medical studies or VAERS or even the CDC or even the WHO. And again, I'm not citing any of those things today. I'm just saying that in general, this truth needs to actually be truth. As an aside, I'm reading with some of my kids, 1984, where it's very clear in the Ministry of Truth that um, this is how it processes. And, and this book, is it's just a portent of, of what was to come. It's very interesting that it was written so many decades ago, but is so appropriate even today. The thing that we, believers, have to continuously keep in mind is that Truth is polarizing. Truth is polarizing. Truth has always been polarizing. You can either accept truth or you can deny truth. There is no middle. There's no half-truth. A half-truth is a lie. We've all known this for our whole lives, and yet we've gotten to this place where the ministry of truth or the fact-checkers or the overlords are saying that only certain truth is acceptable. And even some truth that isn't truth is more acceptable than truth that is truth. Is this sounding more and more like 1984? Either two plus two equals four, or it doesn't. That There is no middle to this. This is the place where we have come. And again, try typing or saying, a boy is a boy, or a girl is a girl, or a man is a man, or a woman is a woman. Those things are not allowed on some of these places, depending on the way that you say it. And this is where truth as an objective construct doesn't matter anymore. And when we get to this place where this particular lady, this whistleblower, 60 Minutes, which works for the mainstream media, again, Facebook, 
These are all on the same side of the issue. And you have to realize that. The reason this one is coming out at this time is because of an agenda. And the agenda is to put more regulation onto these social media companies, which again, in theory, we can all agree with. The question is, what are these regulations? Are these regulations to allow people to say what they want to say within reason, of course, um, or does it mean that you're only allowed to say what they allow you to say and who is allowing these things? Uh, I do want to touch on the secondary issue that this person talks about. So the second issue is that this is harmful to teens. And of course, that is absolutely true. And it especially is harmful to girls. And we know this. We've hopefully, as conservatives, as Christians, you've known this for a long time. This is why none of my kids are on Facebook and I'm very selective about other social sites as well. And I've repeatedly told all of you, please just get off TikTok entirely. There is no good that can come of that. This is not new, but let's hear what she has to say about that. That you found talks about how Instagram harms teenage girls. Oh, yeah. One study says 13.5% of teen girls say Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse. 17% of teen girls say Instagram makes eating disorders worse. And what's super tragic is Facebook's own research says as these young women begin to consume this eating disorder content, they get more and more depressed, and it actually makes them use the app more. And so they end up in this feedback cycle where they hate their bodies more and more. Facebook's own research says it is not just that Instagram is dangerous for teenagers, that it harms teenagers, it's that it is distinctly worse than other forms of social media. Facebook said just last week it would postpone plans to create an Instagram for younger children. So a couple of things going on there. Of course, the last thing that if you hadn't heard, Facebook and Instagram were trying to create because at the moment, the low limit of allowing someone on Facebook and Instagram is 13, but they were, and of course, there are obvious ways around that, but they were trying to create a specific and targeted social media application for under 13, which as they discovered, was an absolutely terrible idea. And of course, we all know this. That I mean, she, in this, uh, rightly talked about in this message that once you start down this comparison trap, and really, you can say that about teens, you can say that about anybody. Once you start comparing yourself to other people, especially in the formative teenage years, there is no end to that cycle, and you will never be good enough, and you will never live up to it. Now, the good news of the gospel, of course, as we know, is that you are not good enough, but that's why we have grace and we need to continue to teach that to our kids. But if kids left alone on these social media apps, they're not going to find that out for themselves. And as evidenced by this very person who worked for Facebook telling us, Facebook doesn't care. They know this is going on. They know this is an issue that's not just dangerous, but destructive to teenagers, especially teenage girls. And they do it on purpose. They continue to do it on purpose because it is about money. It is about the dollar. It is about getting them hooked and addicted to this. And we as parents uh, and members of the community just need to know about this and need to understand. But I do want to hone in on the fact that this is not actually about caring for kids. They don't care about your kids. This woman seems sincere. 
she may care about your kids. But the reason this is on 60 Minutes is not that they care about your kids. And in reality, uh, I'll just look at a couple of things here. This particular whistleblower is incredibly leftist, left-leaning. And that came out after this aired. They... Um, they have talked to Congress trying to remove some of this content. They, uh, they have uh, donated time and time again to Democrat uh, candidates working, according to her, with Democrat operatives. And um, this is a company called Bryson Gillette that she was helped by Democrat operatives to have strategic communications guidance. Um, and she worked at the same place that current White House representative Jen Psaki used to work. So again, this isn't a conservative person interested in the health and safety of your children. This is a person who wants to remove some of the issues that are going on behind the scenes in Facebook that allow free speech that she does not agree with. You need to hear that and you need to understand that. So there are two issues going on here. One is the surface issue. And the surface issue that I've talked about before, I'll continue to talk about, is the safety and security of your children. And these social media sites are not a great place for that. But this bigger issue for us as a community and the society at large is there are many people, this person apparently included, 60 Minutes, the mainstream media, politicians, etc., who want to remove much of the free speech options so that you do not have the ability to say what you want to say. I've been reading Bonhoeffer uh, to describe some of this, and I have some thoughts uh, coming from Bonhoeffer and uh, the work that he did in Germany and many other countries as he traveled around and and, and worked through many of the same free speech type issues. And I will get to that. I'm not quite there yet. I want to research that a little bit more. But And if you don't know, sorry, just to throw Bonhoeffer's name out there, he was a man who worked, um, who was a pastor, preacher, kind of a seminary professor. In a sense, it wasn't really a seminary, but, but taught at schools, taught people the Bible, encouraged people to live out their faith, wrote a great book called The Cost of Discipleship, wrote a great book about the Psalms and how the Psalms are important to us in our daily life and how that relates us back to God. Um, but he also was involved as a double agent with the Germans to try to get rid of Hitler. Um, fascinating person, incredibly strong Christian. Again, a lot to talk about there, but I'm not going to talk about all of that today. My point here is these people want to silence you. They don't really care about your kids. If they did, the schools would not have been closed for a year plus. They would not be forcing medical treatments on students without their consent. They would not be banning books from online booksellers telling of the dangers of medically transitioning genders as a teenager, such as Ryan Anderson's When Harry Became Sally or Abigail Schreier's Irreversible Damage, with both talk about, and neither are particularly conservative or Christian, they just talk about the dangers, those particular two books, of these medical transitions from male to female or vice versa, 
these people don't care about your kids. They are leveraging your concern for your children to push legislation to remove things like, quote, hate speech and, quote, misinformation that they deem inappropriate. And who are they? That's the question I asked a lot, actually. I can't tell you. And that is the problem. These people want to make, they've specifically stated, um, this even whistleblower went in front of Congress and said, we need to make a government agency of unelected bureaucrats that will decide who and when people get to speak. Does that sound like a good thing? Does that sound like your Second Amendment right, which comes from God, that is not given to you by the government, but is supposedly protected by the government to allow you to say what you need to say because we have freedom in Christ. They want to remove that freedom in the instance to only allow things that they want to allow. And yes, I do believe there should be more regulation on social media. And that's where this is an interesting documentary or whistleblower or interview because in some instances, we're saying the same thing. I do believe we need to protect our kids and we need to do more. I'm going to talk about that again in just a moment. But make no mistake, this particular whistleblower, 60 Minutes, all of the mainstream media, all of the politicians that you're hearing about this from that are liberal to left, mostly left, they want to force Facebook and other social media to only allow the speech that they want to allow. On the other side, in conservative circles, in free speech circles, yes, we should regulate speech because some speech is terrible, but there are guidelines for that. And in fact, there are very clear guidelines for that given to us by, here I go, the Bible. The Bible gives us incredibly clear guidelines on what to say and what not to say. And we should have guidelines for speech. In fact, we have always had guidelines on speech. The problem comes in the arbitrary guidelines for speech. In other words, who are the they? Which people are unelected saying, you can't say what I don't think you can say? Where is that standard coming from? How are we enforcing that standard? Are we enforcing that standard equally? And here is another problem. We should have justice in this. In other words, all should be equal under the law, whether that's the law of the land or the law of Facebook, according to the rules. However, according to the Wall Street Journal, again, Facebook built a system specifically to protect, quote, celebrities from enforcement of the regulations. This is another article that the Wall Street Journal has put out just recently that details a system Facebook built to exempt high profile, quote, high profile users in politics, popular culture, journalism, from enforcement action over posts that break the rules. In other words, there are rules for us, the regular people, and there are rules for the elite. This program called Crosscheck was designed to, quote, avoid public relations backlash over famous people who mistakenly have their posts taken down, the Wall Street Journal reported. Facebook said this only affects a, quote, small number of decisions. Wall Street Journal uncovered that it actually included at least 5.8 million users just in 2020. 5.8 million people, according to Facebook, get to operate differently than you and I do. And that is the problem. Yes, we absolutely should have standards. In fact, we should force Facebook to have standards. There are members of actual terrorist organizations on these social media sites posting hate and dissension and absolute evil, and they are okay and allowed to stay. But if you post things aforementioned that we've talked about that go against their quote, guidelines or misinformation, then you get kicked off. But if these same celebrities post things, 
they get a pass. This is the problem. These are not objective standards where the standard applies evenly to every person and the standards are based on something that we can understand and communicate. No, these are based on standards that nobody really knows. They may change with a whim and are enforced arbitrarily based on whether they like you or don't like you. This is a big problem. And the reason it's such a big problem, here's the deal. You may be sitting there thinking, this doesn't matter, it's just social media, social media is not real life. The problem is this, and we actually saw this from the quick several hour shutdown a couple of days ago. There were millions, if not billions of dollars lost in revenue by Facebook being shut down for just a couple of hours. And the reason is many people either use Facebook to absolutely run their business or Facebook is ancillary to running their business and other social media sites as well. They all fall into that same category. It has been monetized in many different ways. If all of that goes away because you aren't allowed on it, because you said something that's wrong, all of a sudden your business may decline or not even be allowed to exist on the internet. And and make no mistake, businesses can exist solely on the internet or solely on social media and make a ton of money on it. And that's not necessarily bad, but if there is a gatekeeper now or a group of gatekeepers that say, because I don't like you or I don't like what you said or I don't like what you say you believe or who you associate with, all of a sudden we're in a place where they get to say who makes money and who doesn't make money. And that's a really big problem for society. So you can say this isn't real life and it's just the internet and the internet isn't real, but the reality is this is very real and it has a very big implication on the real life of many, many people in America and across the world. Here's the good news. I do wanna leave you with some good news today. You, the parent, get to control what your child does online. So there is a bigger issue at hand that we've talked about and that is the attempted silencing and just the reason we need to watch this is as you watch this whistleblower story go forward and you watch the legislation that will hear me will be proposed because of this story by the democrats in the house and, and probably the senate read it carefully when it says we're just trying to get rid of hate and anger and those types of things while that may sound good make sure you pay attention to what they're actually talking about and that's what i'm trying to help you understand it isn't about getting rid of being hateful it's getting rid of what they think is hateful and there is a big difference between but the second issue is protecting your kids and this is the good news you the parent get to control what your child does online they might not like it and that's okay because you're the parent and you're not supposed to be their best friend at least for right now you're supposed to be their parent you can decide if they're allowed on social media you can decide if they even need a phone or smartphone for those more experienced people out there did you know they still make flippy phones yes you can get phones that you don't even connect to the internet sure it's easier to have the smarty phones it's probably even cheaper but i'm just saying you the parent are in charge and you need to take charge of this. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Do not pass go. Do this immediately because the internet is out to get your children. These social media companies are out to get their children. If nothing else, this has shown that they tell you they are doing it. Listen to them when they tell you what they're doing. You can get various VPNs or hardware or software to install in your home or on their devices to protect them from certain things. But none of those is 100% because 
kids will find ways around the rules. That's just what we do. So the biggest thing, and I do mean the biggest thing you need to do is talk to your kids. Yes, this is probably also the most difficult, but it's also the most important. You need to communicate with your children. Find a time, find a way, ask the difficult questions. Do not let them just give you grunts or yes and no answers, but get into their lives, ask them questions, make sure they know that they have a safe place in you to talk about these things when they come up, not if, but when they come up. They will come up, they will hit things on the internet that are inappropriate. You need to prepare them for that, protect them from that, and then be available when it happens and create that line of communication so you can talk to them about it and process through what's happened and try to make better decisions. This is how we parent in this age. We need to be active parents, not passively sitting by, handing them all these internet-enabled devices and saying, go, run through the streets, and don't worry about all the cars and trains and planes and bombs that are all over the place. Like, I'm sure you'll miss all of those. No. First, find ways to protect them, hardware and software. And secondly, of course, talk to them about it. Invest in your children, and those dividends will pay exponentially, I promise. And this is not just coming from me. As always, we come back to the Bible that God says, train your child in the way they should go. Uh, there are so many different verses where, you know, it says fathers, don't exasperate your children, but show them the right things to do. Again, we could go through a lot of verses. I've done that at other times. I won't go through all of the verses, but the Bible, God is very interested in you, the parents, leading your household and leading your children into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, which, of course, I hope you also have. As always, thank you for being with us here today. God bless and keep the faith. Thanks again for being with us here at Church Public. I certainly appreciate you stopping by. You can go to churchpublic.com. You can go to all of the social media sites and search for at Church Public. And of course, you can subscribe to the audio podcast on any of the audio podcasting devices. Thank you so much for your support. And if you do want to help, you can go to churchpublic.com support. God bless. Talk to you soon.